ahead and turn, stand to your feet in honor of the word of the Lord, and turn to uh, the book of Acts in chapter number 12. And we are going to begin reading from verse number 1 down to verse number 9. And when you get there, you can say amen. <clears throat> now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison but constant prayer, constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping bound with two chains between two soldiers. And the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him and a light shone in prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals, and so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garments and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real but thought he was seeing in a vision. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, body, and spirit. God, we know, God, that you have a word for us, Lord, as we are entering a season, Lord, where we are believing for extraordinary things. God, I pray this morning, God, that you would propel and infuse all of us, Lord, to reach up to the next level of faith and believe for the impossible. God, we like it when we have to put our faith and trust in you. And so we anticipate that this week will be a week when we will do just that, Lord. We are setting aside some time because, God, we believe it is that important. So, Lord, we invite you to come. Lord, as usual, I'm your vessel. Use me, Lord. Use my mouth, my hands. Use everything about me, Lord, to preach the word of the Lord. None of me and all of you will you anoint me, God, for this moment that the people of God may receive the revelation of the Holy Spirit. We thank you and we praise you. And all God's people said amen. You know, you can be seated in our God's presence. Um, a few weeks ago, we began this series. Uh, we entitled this series, Prayer Works. And we started that series, and we talked about some of the fundamentals of prayer. And we uh, had uh, disclosed the fact that prayer is communication with God. It's not about manipulation. Prayer is communicating, trying to understand what it is that God wants to do in and through our lives. We talked about the fact that we ought to prioritize prayer. We talked about how Jesus, on a regular basis, he made time to spend uh, time with the, uh, God the Father, before he did his ministry. We know that Jesus' ministry was effective because he spent 
a lot of time in prayer. We also talked about the fact that all ministry begins with and is sustained by prayer. It's so important that we understand that reality. Because how many know that it's not just about doing church? Church is supernatural in its core. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so if church is super, supernatural, it takes supernatural power in order to accomplish the things that we need to do. It, this has to be a cornerstone. And the way that we do that is that, that see, our prayers, it, it, it access the blessings of God. How many know the Bible says that we have been blessed in heavenly places? Right? So, so, so how many know that you are blessed with everything you need? You are blessed. See, what prayer does, prayer is the vehicle that, 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 that transport the blessings in heaven down to where we are right here on earth. So it's so important that we understand that. So a lot of what we're believing God for, it is going to come when the people of God come together, begin to pray and seek his face. And then last, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we talked about the model prayer. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people like to refer to it as the Lord's Prayer. But we had talked about the fact of, of the importance of using that model prayer uh, to outline all of our prayers. And I don't know about uh, you, but I have really been consciously, and I shared this with the praise team last evening, that I really have been uh, consciously uh, uh, you know, outlining, thinking through the Lord's Prayer in every one of my prayers. And let me, let me tell you something. It is absolutely uh, amazing. And my prayer life has been refreshed. Um, I'm even more and more excited. Uh, you know, I'm not uh, worried about time and clock. I'm just, I'm just praying the will of God for his people. And so we had talked about the fact that we need to import all of our prayers within the context of the Lord's Prayer. So if you haven't started doing that, I want to challenge you to do that. And watch how your prayer life will take off. Watch how your prayer life will take off. And it is absolutely amazing. In fact, I've been relishing uh, because there have been a lot of people that have been inboxing me, some folks who saw our message um, on uh, social media, Facebook. And a lot of people were, were commenting and saying how much that message helped them. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, uh, go online, listen to that message. And don't just listen, but apply. Everybody say apply. apply. And I'm telling you, your, your, life, your prayer life will just begin to grow. Uh, and so today, um, as we are kicking off Consecration Week, I, I want to talk about today praying together, praying together. And so my assignment is to persuade you this morning, and sometimes that's a little tough, persuade you this morning from the Word of God and church history that corporate prayer is ordained and is expected to be practiced among God and among God's people. Corporate prayer is something that is ordained of God. Now, I want, you to, I want that to really seep down into your heart. In fact, as I really began to study, I was amazed that oftentimes a lot of the prayers that was prayed in the New Testament, particularly in the book of Acts, and we'll spend a considerable amount of time in the book of Acts today, they were pray, they were all, those prayers where miracles happened, where things happened, we'll talk about it today. They, listen to me, they, they, they prayed together. And nowadays we look at corporate prayer as something that is kind of like an extracurricular activity meaning it's an option. But I really want to move us from that place. I am praying with all of my heart. I am really praying that, that we will begin to take prayer much more seriously than we do. 
That, and not only that, but that our participation in it will become more and more intense because this was the bedrock of the church. And so, secondly, I want to help you to gain confidence. Everybody say confidence. Not only in your prayer, in prayer as an individual, but with other believers gathered together with the purpose of seeing God's glory manifest. So how many of you know that's important to have confidence in your prayer life? How many of you want more confidence in your prayer life? Let me ask you a question. How many of you want more confidence in regard to being able to pray with other people? Can I say something? God expects it. God expects you to be comfortable enough to pray with other people. You don't have to be called to ministry to pray. You know, called to ministry meaning to preach. God expects every one of us, listen to me, to be comfortable enough to pray with other people. It is what God did. It is what he expects from us. He did through, through the son. He did it. Jesus prayed. He prayed with his disciples. He believed God with the disciples. They were constantly in prayer together. You'll see that here in a moment in the book of Acts. So as we, I want you to think of corporate prayer like this because many people won't think of corporate prayer this way. But corporate prayer is really on par with preaching and teaching in the church as a priority for a healthy church. Jesus said, my house should be called a house of what? Prayer. Come on, y'all got to help me. My house should be called a house of what? Prayer. Prayer. And so corporate prayer is really on par with that. In the, mind, in the mind of God, that's how important prayer is. How many of you would say to me, Pastor, Jesus really prioritized prayer? How many of you believe that? Gosh, did he not do it? He prioritized it. And how many know he was our example? And so, so I want to kind of jump into this a little bit. And so let's kind of talk about it. Now, let me say this to you on the, at the beginning, because we're talking about praying together. It is not to suggest, I'm not suggesting at all, that your personal prayer life is not effective. Now, my, my, I trust that everyone have a prayer life uh, where you constantly meet with God on a regular basis. But it's not to say, I'm not here to minimize that, but I want you to understand something. I really believe this with all of my heart, and, and I can tell you this from personal experience, from, from being a Christian some almost 25 years now, um, that, that personal prayer alone will not result in the working of God to the degree needed for spiritual transformation in our lives, in our church, and in our nation. In other words, there's a broader perspective when it comes down to prayer. And, I, and, and some of us are going to get that revelation today. So let's kind of jump into it a little bit. So First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verses 20 and 21 says this. It says, but now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Now, this is important as it relates to prayer. Because when God thinks about us, he thinks about us, meaning the church, as a family. Everybody say family. In fact, whenever God blesses you, did you not realize that when God blesses you, that he's not blessing you just for you? You know, God said to Abraham, he said, he said Abraham, I'm going to bless you, son. But he said, I'm not only going to bless you, Abraham, but I'm going to make you a blessing to a whole lot of other people. How many know that whenever God thinks about you, he thinks about his church? See? This is where a lot of people miss it. 
So whenever, every now and then you meet a Christian who just kind of like, you ever met a Christian who just kind of like all about themselves? That is all about mine, it's all about mine. Let me tell you something. Whenever God raised up anybody to do anything significant for him, he did it with the, with the, with, with, with the intention on reaching his people. It was for the betterment of the body of Christ and God's kingdom at large. I've discovered this in my life, that if you really want to be anointed by God, if you really want to find yourself being effective by God, get good yoked up with his people. Get yoked up with his people. Oh, pastor, I don't like people. You need to really come to consecration week and pray. Because people do think that way. Y'all don't see, I read some of your minds. Some of you laugh because you know I just hit something. But, but understand something. That, that that's, When God thinks of us, he thinks of us as family. Everything about us is about family. And so we can't have an attitude, well, I don't need to go. I don't need to pray. I, I pray with them people. I can just pray by myself. Let me, let me tell you something. Can I, can I say this very quickly? That when a person, when you hear somebody say this, talking this way, I don't, need to, I don't need to be with them Christians, or I don't need to go to that church, or I don't need to, I don't need to do this with that person. I, don't, I, can be, I can be at home all by myself. Can I, can I quickly tell you that that is a rebellious, if he's saved, <laughs> that's a rebellious Christian. They don't understand the concept of the body. When you hear people, oh, I don't need, I don't need, let me tell you something. Think about it. When God gets ready to use, how many know that Jesus was powerful? <laughs> that's that's a you know, crazy statement, right? Jesus was powerful. Can we say that Jesus was all-sufficient? Can we say that? Can we say that Jesus wasn't really lacking in anything? Yet he chose to hook up with them. The first thing he did was do what? He started building the ministry. What did he start doing? Reaching out to who? People. Jesus, that's what he did. That's one of the first thing he did. He didn't just walk about by himself. It's all about me. Watch me. I'm super anointed. Watch me raise him from the dead. Watch this. No, no, no. He didn't do that. Jesus was about the kingdom. He was about people. He was a lover of people. And, and, and watch it. He built a community of people called the church. Everybody say the church. The church, the Jesus says, that I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So how many know that the church is not Pastor Gary's idea? Us coming together, praying and believing God, it wasn't my idea. Let me, let me take it a step further. Consecration week is not my idea. Consecration week is biblical. And if you're a part of this house, a part of this church, you should make every effort. Everybody say every. every. That was good. Every effort to be there. And so God thinks of us as family. In fact, Jesus said this in John's gospel, chapter 17, verse 21. He said that they all may be one. Here it is. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. Here's what I'm trying to get you to understand and see this morning. We need each other. You know, if, if you're one of those persons that's been, that's been, been raised up to just kind of trust in your own self and pull your own self up by your bootstraps, you got to get rid of that mindset in, in, in the kingdom of God. Because the way God built the body is we're interdependent upon each other. So in other words, God expects us to do life together. Now, what do I mean when I say do life together? 
Can I ask you a question? Is doing life together simply coming to church and sitting here before me this morning? Is that doing life together? Nah. Doing life together means that, that, you know what, you let me in and I let you in. That there's a sense of community. There's a sense of oneness where we are actually living life together. And so this is an expectation. So when I want you to think about prayer, I want you to understand that the part, a significant part of our prayer life is to be expressed within the body of, con- within the body of Christ in a corporate setting. Everybody say corporate. That means the church. We, as a church, that's what we're doing this week. Now, Matthew chapter number 18. Um, go ahead, turn to Matthew chapter 18. I want you to go ahead and lay your hands there or turn to, turn to the scripture verse. I think I dropped something in Jesus' name. Is that irritating to you? Okay, good. It was bugging me. I kept walking on it. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. Are you there? Say amen. Now, how do you know that Jesus encouraged corporate prayer? Jesus encouraged corporate prayer. Now, stay with me. That's why I had to, I had the air condition be real cold today. So y'all, no, I'm just kidding. It wasn't. It's a joke. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. Again, I say to you that if two, watch this, that I say to you that if two of you agree, everybody say agree. See, he says if two of you, see, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Right? So what is Jesus really promoting there. He's saying, look, when at, least, when at least two of y'all come together and you link your faith up with my faith. Come on, I, I need, give me, give me, give me two people. Give me two people. Come, come, give me, give me two people. Come on, come on, get big, big brothers. Amen. Hallelujah. This brother growing. Now, you, you grew since last week. Hallelujah. All right. See, see, when I link my faith up with his faith, how many know now I got bigger faith? You follow me? Because we're in agreement together. The scripture says, listen, it says where two or three agree. Everybody say agree. agree. So that means that we can't be two or three divided. We can't come in with separate and different agendas if we want. When two or three agree, watch this, I'm stronger now because I'm yoking up my faith with his faith and we're going up together. Now when I take this brother right here and we link, how many know the Bible said a three-band cord is not easily broken? So when our faith get linked up with his faith, and his faith get linked up with my faith, you know what we just did? We supersized our faith. And the Bible says, watch this, without faith it is what? Impossible to please God. So when we come together in agreement, there's more energy, there's more power, there's more effectiveness because we're tied together. You hear what I'm saying? So this is, this is what the power of agreement would do. Come on, brother. Give them brothers a hand. Thank you. Let my arms are loose. Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. So the power of agreement really is about joining our faith. And see, see and this is why it's so important. You know, agree, everybody say agreement. agreement. This is why agreement is so important. That when we, when we pray. See, how many know that when we, corp- when we come in the corporate setting, there ought to be some agreement? This is why, listen, I, I, listen, now let me say this very carefully. Are, are y'all listening to me say amen? amen? This is why sometimes I have a problem with, with some churches. Now, I'm not, this is not, I'm going on my soapbox a little bit. When the, when the whole service is relegated to everybody yelling and screaming in tongues. 
Because the problem with that is I can't agree with you. you. Yeah, you might be being built up, but I don't know what you're saying. So I can't agree with you because if we're going to have look, if we're going to have corporate prayer, the Bible says we're coming together to edify who? One another. So listen, when you're speaking in tongue, talking to God, I don't know what you're saying. Speak in your tongue, but at some point you got to talk to me. You follow what I'm saying? The power of, of agreement. See, how many know that, that when we come into a church setting, we come into a prayer meeting like we're going to be coming this week, some folk will sit there, listen, and, and they got all this stuff on their minds. Man, they're sitting there and they're burdened. Here's the problem. If you got all this stuff on your mind, why don't you just get up and listen? Listen, begin to speak out, begin to pray out and say, look, can somebody just agree with me? See, when, see, see, when you let me know, when you let me know what's going on in your life, I'm going to come into agreement. And if I can come into agreement with you, that's more power. That's more energy. That's all. That's, that's what this whole thing is about. How do you know there's power in agreement? In fact, I'm gonna give you an example. Go to Matthew chapter 26 real quick. This is this is a, a this is a, a powerful verse because it shows the humanity of Christ. Yet we know he was deity. We know he was God in flesh, but this was his humanity side. Now watch this. Um, it says in Matthew 26, start in verse number 36. I'm, I'm going to read fast because i got a lot of ground to cover here. Um, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. Watch this now. And he took with him Peter, watch this, and the two sons of Zebedee. Now, the two sons of Zebedee, those are the ones y'all remember saying, Lord, we, we want to be on your right side and on your left. I mean, we, we want to have a high place in the kingdom. I mean, you want to have a high place in the kingdom. Come on. So he took with them. These are the two, right? So he took with them Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful, listen, church, and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even, even to death. Stay here, watch with me. Everybody say, with me. So what Jesus was really saying was, I need, I'm going to take y'all with me. I need you to watch and I need you to pray with me. Because right now, I am going through something that is very difficult, something that is very, very challenging, and I want you to watch with me. Come on, somebody. Now watch this. Look at verse number uh, 40. Verse number 40. No, no, no. I thought, see, look at verse uh, 30, 39. Then he went a little further, and he fell on his face, Look at the church, and he prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Watch this. Look at verse number 40. And then he came to the disciples. Now, you know, he, he wants the disciples to be praying, right? How many know that when you're going through a tough time, you want to be able to look back and say, is anybody praying? Is, it, is somebody praying for me? How many, know, how many know there's power in your prayers? I need your prayers. See, let me tell you something. As a pastor, when y'all tell me, you know what? I can tell when the church ain't praying. I'm, I'm, can I be honest? Y'all want me to talk this morning? I can tell when my folk ain't praying for me. I can sense it because we're tied together in the spirit. And vice versa, you should be able to sense it from me. Why, let me tell you something. Because there's energy, there's power. Watch this. So he came to the disciples and he found them doing what? Come on, you're reading the Bible. Come on. Sleeping. And he said to Peter, What? What? Could you not watch with me for one hour? One? I don't know how long Peter was in it. 
But I'm thinking, Jesus, you're, you're God in the flesh. I mean, why are you worried about, why are you worried about them? And then watch this. And then Jesus said to them, verse 41, watch and pray. Here's, here's, one, here's, here's one point. That you enter, uh, that you in, uh, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch this. Look at verse 42. You think we're done? Not done yet. Again, the second time he went away and prayed saying, oh, my father. If this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. Look at this, verse 43. And he came and he found them what? Again. For the hours were what? <laughs> See, some of y'all better not be asleep during consecration week. Well, I got to go home and get my sleep. Uh-oh. I ain't got somebody upset in Jesus' name. Watch this. And he came to his disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping? Resting? <laughs> Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise and let us be going. Now, now, now watch this, church. There were two reasons this was somewhat bothersome to Jesus. First of all, Jesus was in his most difficult of moments. Number one, they needed to be praying so that they won't enter into temptation. How many know that we need to pray so that we don't slip up? Come on. Come on. Cause, 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 can I get another amen on that? But secondly... Jesus, you can see that Jesus was desiring. He was like, I need your prayers. See, this is his whole point of us praying together. This is what's needed. Jesus is really saying, could, could, you, not, could you not come and pray with me for an hour? I really need you to, to pray with me. That's his human side. Is there anybody in here who ever felt that way? God had never meant you to bear this thing alone. How many know the Bible says the more and more you see the evil day approach, you ought to be coming together more and more and more. He wants us to come together because there's power in our prayers when we pray together. James 5.16 says this, confess your trespass to one another. Listen to the same context. And pray for one another. In other words, not this kind of, okay, I'll just stay at home and pray. Uh -uh, Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. He says, watch this. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for. Now, I can't pray for if you're not opening up. Come on, somebody. If I'm going to pray for you, then you got to be with me. I'm not just talking about spirit, uh, physically. I'm talking about spiritually. We got to be in the same place. There got to be relationship. There got to be an opening up. There got to be a communication. There has to be an openness, if you will. Jesus, uh, in, in the book of uh, 2 Chronicles 7.14, y'all, everybody knows this verse. He says, if my people, everybody say, my people. My. Now, interesting that Jesus said that, uh, that God said that. He said, if my people who are called by my name, who is called by Jesus' name today? Raise your hand. Come on, if you're in Jesus' name. He, now, now how, many, how many of you believe the word? He didn't say if, if Moses. He didn't, say, he didn't say if Walter. He didn't say if, if Peggy. He said if my what? People. That's plural. Are y'all getting this yet? If my people, plural, here's the promise, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray. Now, you got to turn from your wicked ways. Everybody say turn. God promises to heal our land. How many know that our land needs to be healed today? Oh, come on. I mean, there's so much drama in our nation today. Can y'all hear what I'm saying this morning? There is so much trouble. But you know what? We don't have to just tolerate it. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? 
We don't have to just tolerate it. The Bible said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, God said, I'll heal the land. How many know that's a good reason to come together and pray? God expects his people to come together. Now, so what I'm going to do now, I'm going to um, give you some biblical examples, and I'm going to try to do this within 15, 20 minutes max. So y'all got to pray with me. But, but be listening, please, because this is really, really helpful. Um, <clears throat> so I want to give you some biblical examples of what happens when the church prays together. All right? Some of you may have not really looked at it from this context, but how many know that big things happen when the church comes together and pray? Big things. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about just you and your, I'm talking about when the church come together and pray, big things happen. Big things. That is, let me tell you, let me, before I get into it, let me say this. If you look through, the, the, if you look through all of church history, if, if you're a person who said, Pastor, I just love church history, then what you will discover is that when God did some of his most significant move, it was because his people were unified. They came together around one common goal. So what will happen? What happens when the church comes together? I got, I got seven of these. Are you ready to say amen? Number one, the Holy Spirit will come and empower us. How many need Holy Spirit power? <laughs> Everybody just say amen to that. You know, whether you realize it or not, you need Holy Spirit power. You need Holy Spirit power to live right. <laughs> you, you can't even live right unless you have the Holy Ghost. You can't stop cussing, drinking, getting drunk, uh, doing whatever. You, you can't stop. You need, come on, you need the Holy Spirit. Every one of us need the Holy Spirit. But look, at, I want you to see something. I want you to look, look at Acts chapter 1. Um, go to Acts chapter 1 very, very quickly. Are y'all okay? Amen. Acts chapter 1, verses 12 to 14. Y'all want to learn a little bit, right? Y'all don't mind, you know, I, you know, I like to teach. So y'all ready? So watch it. Acts chapter 1, verse number uh, 12 and 14. Look at this. Acts chapter 1, verse 12 and 14. Here we go. It says, um, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Oliver, Olivet, I'm sorry, which is near Jerusalem. I wasn't twisting the scripture. That was a mistake. A Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Listen, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus. Look at this. And Simeon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord where? In prayer and supplication. So I want you to remember the upper room. The upper room is where the Holy Ghost came. Now, why? There wasn't just one person praying. No, there was a whole bunch of them. Everybody say, together. They were together praying. And look at this. And then jump on down to Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. And then when the day of Pentecost had fully come, look at this, church. They were all with one accord. Get this. Okay, one accord means, watch this, they were praying the same thing. One accord means they were all on the same page. And they were asking God for the same thing. Remember that picture? We're locked in together. Energy now, this turned into synergy because our prayers have been linked up. And watch this. They were with one accord in what? In one what? Oh, did you see that? They were with one accord and they were in the same place. In other words, the church got together. And watch this. And then verse number two, and suddenly, everybody say suddenly. There came a sound from heaven, good God, as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
Then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire and sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and, to, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them what? Utterance. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, now I want you to understand something here. That the Holy Spirit first manifests itself, watch this, when the people of God were together Think about it. The Holy Spirit, when he first manifests his presence, he did it when the church was what? Together, not divided. Not everybody off to himself. Not everybody doing their own thing. You ever meet Christians like that sometimes? They're disconnected from the body. They're disconnected because they're just about their own thing. How many know God expects you to be connected? Everybody say connected. We're going to talk about that in a second in a moment. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But watch this. And so here we see that the Holy Spirit filled them. They were praying. They were all on one accord. God began to empower them, watch this, to reach thousands at that moment. The Bible says, if you keep reading, the Bible says that you remember Peter, all of them were ducking and hiding. <laughs> they were afraid until they got filled with the Holy Ghost. All them chumps, I call them chumps. At that time, they were all scared. They didn't want to do it. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit come. Peter steps out, boom, preaches a sermon. The Bible says 3,000 people saved. But let me tell you, what did it? What did it? They were praying together. There was no separate agendas. They were believing God. And, and, And they were obedient. Everybody said be obedient to the Spirit. He said, you need, Jesus said to them in Acts 1-8, you need to be filled. Stay here and wait. How many know that when God gives you a word, you better obey his word? Because good things are coming. Say amen. Amen. And so the super, so so all of a sudden now they're empowered. So if you want to grow our church, how many know we need to pray together? No, 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 no. You want to grow the church? Pray together. Come together. Let's pray together. Let's believe God together. Let's get on the same page. God, we are praying for our city. I'm telling you right now, in this season right now, God is just giving me a, a vision. I'm telling you something right now, that the vision that God's going to give us for the coming year is going to be citywide. Okay, y'all, 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 y'all not ready for it. It's going to be citywide. I'm not thinking about church no more, community church in that sense. When I say community, I mean just, just us. I'm thinking about the city. How many know that God wants us to reach the city? God wants us to have citywide influence. Citywide influence. Because that's what, isn't that what happened there? Let me know that's a 3,000 people get saved. That's a big chunk of the city. <laughs> do you not know that God will do it? Do you not know that God will do it? If it's people get serious and pray, God, what he did, then God will do it today. He's the same today, yesterday, and what? Forever. See, the second point is that the supernatural will occur. Here's another point. I hear people all the time say, Lord, I need a miracle. Is there anybody in the house that need a miracle? <laughs> maybe, some, maybe you're not getting your miracle because you're too solo. Maybe you're not getting your miracle because you haven't gotten that synergy. You haven't yoked up with other folks and, and, and just say, come with me. Let's go up together to the throne of God. Let me, remember I said earlier that God blesses the people that think about his people. Every time you get a blessing, 
You ought to thank God for that blessing. Then the next, the next thought is, God, how do you want me to share this? <laughs> uh, some of y'all got really quiet. Because, because some of us are used to hijacking the blessing, get the blessing and run. Where they been? I ain't seen them in church in six months. The Lord blessed me to, I'm gone, I'm all right. They can't show up at church. Then come back when trouble comes. I mean, everybody show up when trouble comes. Oh, trouble. Oh, here go trouble. It's a shame in Jesus. Look at Acts chapter 12. Look at Acts, go to Acts chapter 12 real quick, real quick. Come on, y'all stay with me. Y'all know I had a week off, so I'm really excited. So, okay. Uh, Acts chapter 12. So look at this. So how many of you want the supernatural? Acts chapter 12. Now, we, now this is kind of like our, our, our verse. I'm not going to read it all, but, but look at Acts chapter, look at verse number 5. Now, Peter, watch this, was therefore kept in prison. Does anybody feel like they're in prison? Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the who? Come on, come on. Verse number five, Acts chapter two. Come on, y'all. This is a reading. This is a study. Come on, read your Bible with me. Help your pack. Come on. Constant prayer was by the who? Don't miss that point. It didn't say the constant prayer was by April. It didn't say the constant prayer was by Elise. It didn't say constant prayer was by Diva. It said constant prayer was being offered. Constant. Everybody say constant. That means they kept at it. It was offered by the get it? My brother in trouble. So you know what? You know what? You know, and who knows? What if, what if some crisis happened and I just got on the phone and we did with those, one of those phone robo-blast calls brother was talking about not too long ago. We say, hey, we need everybody at the church at 7 o'clock. Somebody in trouble. We need to pray. How many of you will drop what you're doing and say, you know what? I'm, on, I'm, I'm coming. That's where the God's power is right there. See, the problem is we want God's power, but we don't want to be inconvenienced. You can't have it both ways. We want his power, we want his anointing, but we want it on our own terms. You can't have it both ways, people. God don't work. I even know he's God. <laughs> we, can't, we can't have it both ways. If we want the power, we're going to have to give up something. And it's going to be something dealing with your time. Ouch. Somebody say ouch. But watch this. Verse number six. I got to run. I got to run. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers. And the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Church, that's about as supernatural as <laughs> But again, what facilitated that? The church was all praying. You think your prayers don't matter? Let me tell you something. Your prayers matter. And your lack of prayer matters too. Your prayers matter. It carries weight. Remember we said before, our prayers, it, 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 it transport the heavenly blessing down to earth where we are. How many know we need to bring some of that stuff that's up there? We need to bring it right to where we are. Prayer is that vehicle. It's the only way you make it happen. Prayer. Are you, are you hearing that? And so watch this. Look at verse number 12. So Peter got delivered. An angel. An angel showed up. How many, how many believe in angels? I do. I believe God can send an angel and do a whole lot of things. I, I don't know about you. But in my Bible, I don't think anything is off limits. 
you know, you know, some of these churches are God ain't doing that today. The devil is a lie. God would get who's who are you to say what God ain't doing? I mean, not you, but you, you, whoever said it out there, you there. How many know that that that, that we can't put a put God in a box? Well, God, God can do anything. God can send an angel to help you tonight. God can send an angel to drop stuff right on you today. God can do it if you believe him. Now, look, look at this. Look at this. So watch it. Verse number 12. So when he had considered this, Peter, he's an angel escorting him out. <laughs> I want you to see this. The angels are, come on, boy, let's go. And I'm so Peter's sitting there looking like, what? Is this real? Wake up. He's trying to like... And when he, well, like this. So, so now he, he's going back to the house where everybody was praying. Look at this, verse 12. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, <clears throat> whose surname was Mark. Watch this. Where many were gathered together, what? There it is again. <laughs> y'all seeing, you seeing it? So while they were gathering together, oh, y'all got to help me. While they're gathered together praying, God was working a miracle on the other side. See, why we're going to be gathered praying and believing God, God, you're going to go home to a miracle. God is working and pulling strings on the backside. You're sitting there praying. While they're praying, Peter got released. And then if you go on and read it, some of them didn't even believe it was there. They were sitting there praying and believing God in faith. But then when Peter showed up, and said, it ain't Peter. Well, brother, won't you praying that Peter get delivered? Yeah, but it can't be you, Peter. You see how we do? I, I like the Bible because the Bible just tells it like it is. You know, it's not always politically correct. The people were not, they were praying, but they were listening. The only thing they had going for them was they all came together and they prayed. If that's the only thing we got, listen, if whatever your faith is weak at, if we can come together, you will strengthen my faith. You see what I'm saying? Because some of us, let's be honest, some of our faith are weak. Oh, I got to keep going. All right, number three, look at this. Look, look at the third point. So how many of you believe in the supernatural? So when the church prays together, listen to me, when the church comes together, supernatural things happen. I say supernatural. That's right. I said miracles. Believe it. Believe it. It's coming to time. We are, listen to me, we are at a point in time in history where God is about to pour out his spirit again. We heard Bishop Gates said a few weeks, for real. <laughs> He's going to pour out his spirit. And supernatural stuff is going to happen in a way that it's going to be totally... Un now, now, how many know that with people who don't believe, they're going to always come up with something. But, but you who are of faith, believe your God. Amen. The supernatural is happening. Watch this. Number three. When the church comes together and pray, the church will become vibrant and healthy. Acts chapter... Go to Acts chapter 2 real quick. Go to Acts chapter 2. Y'all still with me? Y'all learning anything? Come on, stay with me. Come on. Come on. Look, can you tarry with me for one hour? <laughs> Amen. Is that what Jesus said? All right, look at Acts chapter 2, verse number 40. Are you in Acts chapter 2, verse 40? And I'm, gonna read, I'm not going to read the whole thing because we've got to run. And look at verse number 40. And with many other words he testified, watch this, church, now hear this, and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word, hear this, watch this church, are you ready? Say amen. Were baptized, and that, that day 3,000 souls were added. Everybody say amen. amen. Say amen again. Amen. <laughs> and they continued, which means they were already doing it, right? 
All right? They continued means they were already doing it. What were they already doing? Steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. In other words, they were not only listening to doctrine, but they were embracing it. They were walking in obedience. Uh, Steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Watch this. And fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. And the breaking of bread. Watch this. And what? Prayers. There it is. They. They. Everybody say they. Verse 43, then fear came upon every soul. Watch, fear. How many know that's a blessing? We, we, when, when, you, when God starts doing something, and, and what the scripture is really trying to communicate here is that God had blessed them so strongly. The anointing was so powerful. The anointing was so strong. They were like, oh, my God. Oh, oh, we can't take. My cup is running over. How many of you want that kind of blessing? What kind of baffles you where you say, oh, God. Oh, God. What is the word? Oh, God. I mean, a sense of awe. They were like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Watch this. Now, all who believed were together, and they had, watch this. all who believed were to what? Together. Come on, say it. All who believed they were what? Together. You seeing it? Together. This is a pattern in the New Testament church that seems to be foreign to us today. But this is where the power of God was released. It was released because the people were together. They had all things in common. Watch it. They sold possession goods and divided them on the poor. And so continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread, house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. And the Lord added to the church every day. How many know? How many want God to add to us every day? I don't know, but I'm not content. I love you to death. But I am not content in a small church. I will never be content. How me know that every number, every person represents a soul? Are you hearing what I'm saying? How many of you are content with just being small? Don't worry, Jane. I don't want to crush my environment. So you might scare me. But, but how many know that the church was healthy? How many know when we come together and we pray together, it promotes a healthy atmosphere? How many know a healthy church is a good church? How many of you want a healthy church? Come on. You want a healthy church? Let's come together. See, we come together and we pray together. We're together. We're in fellowship. We're breaking bread. This is, this is what happened. It happened because they were together. They were, together. They were connected. You ever met somebody and said, man, I don't feel like nobody, I don't feel like I'm connected to the church. Well, are you showing up? Can I say something? Here's a, here's a, here's a, here's a rhema word right here. Be there. You know, um, one of the things I learned early on in my, in my faith as a, as a young believer is I learned the power and the importance of being together with other believers. Every time the church door opens, literally. Now, you can do whatever you want to do. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you my heart. I showed up. They had a prayer meeting. We, we, first lady, where were we there? We prayed. And I always knew what was happening in the church. I always knew what was happening with everybody else. You know why? Because we were in fellowship. Every Wednesday, we had church every Sunday. We had church, listen to me, Sunday morning. And in those days, that pastor, he was the, the extended version. Some of you don't know what that means. But every, every service was the extended version, all right? We had Sunday morning, watch this, Sunday evening, turn back around, Wednesday night Bible study. Saturday, we had the hour of power prayer meeting. Remember that? My wife is laughing. Every Saturday. But let me tell you something. 
great things happened in my life because I was connected to the body. And never a time I didn't feel like I knew what was going on. I knew how to pray for people. And then we pray together. And then we, when, when somebody get blessed, guess what? Everybody start rejoicing. That's healthiness, right? Oh, you got, oh, God answered your prayer. How many know that if everybody prayed, if everybody prayed for my brother Matt right here about something, let's just use Matt for, if everybody prayed, let's say Matt came up and said, God, I got this thing going on. I got this, and, you know, I need everybody. And then and God shows up and he answers that prayer. And then Matt comes in and gives a testimony. How many know that we all can rejoice to brother Matt now? Because we all participated in that. Brother Matt's blessing has become my blessing because we're connected in the body. See, when Walter and Crystal got that house, that was my house. Amen. 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 That was my house. That's my house. Because it's, it's in the kingdom. It's all in the kingdom. Oh, some of y'all don't know. Okay, here we go. All right, number four. Salvation will come. I got I to paraphrase. Number four. Salvation will come and chains will fall off when we come and pray. All right? I'm going to reference Acts chapter 16, verses 24. Five through three to four. You can write it down. Paul and Silas is in jail. <laughs> How many know, know, know this story? Paul and Silas are in jail. And you know when, and, and the Bible says that at midnight. <laughs> now, in most circles, at midnight, most people are what? But at midnight, Paul and Silas decide that we're going to pray and praise. Amen. How many know that this week, some of, us, some of us, our 7 o'clock is like our midnight. <laughs> Come on, are, are you with me? But this is what it takes now. If, if you want this, this is what it takes. So at midnight, here they are, they are in there praying to God. They're, first of all, they're praising. They got their praise on. And then they're, they're praying, they're crying out to God. But watch this, it was two of them, not just, it was two. Two, two, two big faith, strong brothers. And the Bible said that when they praised, stuff got shook up. I'm paraphrasing. The whole, everything got, the prison door, the prison, everything starts shaking. How many know that, that this week, if we believe it, that God, if you believe it, you come and you see God, you sacrifice, how many know God can shake up some stuff? How many of you believe in God for a shake up? And the Bible says that when, watch this, that when there was a shake up, that watch this, everybody's chains fell off. See, your prayers are not just for you. It is so that somebody else can get delivered. Some of you right now, you got folk that you love, people that you're in relationship with, um, you know, who are not saved, who don't know the Lord. Won't you bring them this week and pray hard for them? Pray for your sister. Pray for your brother. Listen to me. If they don't know Christ, you know where their destination is. Pray and believe God you worship. You'll come to midnight hour. And believe God. And watch this. When that happens, God's going to start shaking up some stuff. Why? Because we've been linked up together. Here we go. I want to that, that picture. That, can y'all see? We're man, boy, and, and, and we go, let's go up, brother, together. Let's talk to daddy. And how many know that everybody changed for off? And the brother said, what must I do to be saved? You go back home after this week. Hey. Uh, uh, Sean, I just want to call you and let you know I gave my life to the Lord today. And, and you go, we prayed for you this week, brother. We prayed for you this week, sister. We were believing God. Does anybody here believe God? Oh, good God. I feel like I'm about ready to jump up out of my shoes. Listen, and Paul and Silas, 
Here's a rhema word for some of you. Paul and Silas didn't allow their circumstances to keep them from praying together. They were in a jail, right? How many say that wouldn't be called convenient? And just because they were in an inconvenient place, they didn't let that stop them. Some of us right now, yeah, you, God's going to ask you to say, let me tell you something, every big time blessing God want to do, he's going to inconvenience you. Do y'all not, have y'all not figured that out yet? Has anybody not figured that out yet? If you're going to be a Christian, you're going to be inconvenienced if you want the power. I got the power. If you want the power, you're going to be, my wife said, oh, stop. Some of y'all don't even know that. Y'all remember that? I got the power. Y'all trying to act like y'all, look, y'all know, y'all, I know y'all, listen, the Lord knows where y'all came from. Stop trying to trip. Trying to act like you don't know what the power is. All right. So, so, so watch. So, so this is an important season because the circumstances are always going to be there. Can I say something to you right now? There's always going to be another something you got to fix. There's going to always be somebody else that need help. There's going to always be a phone call that you got to deal with. There's always going to be a text. There's always, I mean, there's always going to be something. When you think you got that done, there's going to be something that pop up. Well, just make up in your mind that I'm not going to let the circumstances keep me from getting with God's people to pray. Make a decision. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm sorry. Tell them that, look, I'm sorry. I got to do this week. I am dedicating to my God this week. I'm going to give God this week. I ain't asking you to give me nothing. I'm challenging you to give it to God. Give your week to God. One week out of a year, give it to God. That's what we're asking. Number five. Oh, five more minutes. Here we go. Five more minutes. You will become bold and fearless. In Acts chapter 4, verses 23 and 31. When the church comes together, how many, need, how many need boldness sometimes? See, see, some of us right now, we, see, some of us are being controlled by fear. See, the Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear. You know, if God asks you to do something and your first thing, if you start thinking about yourself, you start getting scared, that's called a hint. Make a decision based on faith, not on fear. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, here, the, the, the disciples here in this particular passage, they were being threatened to be killed. <laughs> Are you, don't preach! How many, how many of you have been threatened that you're going to get killed if you share the gospel? We ain't, none of us had that yet. But they were being threats. They were being threatened. And the Bible says they came together and they prayed. They, they locked hands together. They said, brother, oh, we got to go talk to God. And they said, oh, God, you see their threat. God, you see they're talking about killing us, but grant your servant boldness so that we might speak your word. And the Bible says that right at that moment that the spirit of boldness came on them and they began to speak with boldness. Fear had been chased away. Let me tell you something. God has not given you a spirit of fear. See, when, how many know that when you come together with like-minded believers and you're fearful and you're afraid, you know, it's amazing what happened when y'all come together, we all come together, man, that, that, you know, that you feel better. Some of you right now, you, you know, you're having a very difficult time because sometimes prayer ain't about just God just changing your situation. Sometimes prayer is about God changing you. Some of y'all don't like that either. A lot of times prayer is just about God just changing you, your perspective in it all. And so, and so, if you want boldness, if you really want to be able to go to the next level, then come together with God's people and begin to pray. You know, when I'm, when I'm locked up with some strong believers, you know, I mean, you know, when you're with strong believers, you feel better. 
when you're with somebody else who, who, who is solid in the Lord, but if you hang out with worldly people, you know they'll zap you a little bit. The little faith you got, the world will zap it out. You hang around with some people who ain't got a God conscience. Man, you ain't even talking about God. All of a sudden, man, you're all up in the world. You can't figure out what's going on because you're feeding your soul with the wrong environment. And after a while, you'd be like, man, the church stuff ain't working for me. Duh. Duh. <laughs> you ain't in the right place, brother. That's why the Bible said we got the fellowship. That's why we got to hang out together. Come see me every now and then. Come on, somebody. All right. Number six. How many need wisdom? God, we pray together. God would grant us wisdom. The Bible says in Acts 24, 26, and they prayed and said, you, O Lord, know the hearts of me, uh, hearts of all. Show which of these two you have chosen. They had to decide what disciple was going to replace Judas, and the Holy Spirit gave him wisdom. Some of us this week, you're needing wisdom. You need a sense of direction. I want to encourage you to come together and pray with other believers. Let other people in on that. I found out some of my best things when I have prayed with God's people. I've gotten wisdom and revelation when I'm around the people of God. That's why I like being around the people of God. I'm going to tell you, every, I live my life, I always tell you, it's just the way I, I'm always going to be around the people of God. Somewhere, because I'm, 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 when I'm that way, I'm in a position more to hear God. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And, and we need to hear God in this time and age. Lastly, how many of you want, let me, let me ask you a question before I drop this last one on you. How many of you, by show of hand, don't really know what you're called to do in the body of Christ? Now, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Acts chapter 13, verses 1 and 3. I'm going to read this. Go ahead and turn there real quick. This is the last one, and I'm done. See, when the church prays together, you will discover your calling. <laughs> Can I say to you that I discovered my calling not because I was sitting at home by myself praying. I'm going to tell you, when I discovered my calling, when I was hanging out with the people of God, praying with the people of God, and I let them in my life, and then somebody said to me, you got a gift to preach. Somebody else came to me and said, man, they, they, you can do this. And all of a sudden, other people start speaking in my life, and I begin to understand what I'm supposed to do. How do you know that God would affirm what he wants you to do? But you got to be in the right place. Here in Acts chapter 13, verses 1 and 3. Now in the church that was at Antioch, listen to me, there were certain prophets and teachers. Watch this. Barnabas, Simeon, who were called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene. These had to be some brothers. Menea. That's a joke. Y'all not with me. Y'all, come on. <laughs> Lucius. All right. Menea, who had been brought up with Herod, the tetrarch, and Saul. Watch this. Verse number 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. You see that? That's what they're doing. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Then having fasted and prayed, laid hands on them, and they sent them away. Let me tell you something. I wonder what would have happened to, Ball, to, to, to Barnabas and Paul had they just stayed home and watched the football game. When the, when the brothers at the church were praying. Do you think the Holy, the Holy Spirit might have spoke at that moment and told them what they I will say probably not. But because they were in the right place. Let me tell you something. You will discover your calling when you're in the right place. How I many know that, that, that you're, you know where you're supposed to be? Come on, somebody. 
where you are where you're supposed to be. And, and listen, in this particular instance, they were praying and the Holy Ghost spoke and they got a revelation. Another reason why I want you to come out this week. You're going you're gonna to discover what God's going to do. Now, 